have Nicki Minaj up in Look this. Look at that! Yes. Hey, y'all. Hi. Now, before we went and broke for the show earlier today, you said you was going to go get you something to eat and write a rap. Yeah, she yeah. Said, I just need to write this rap real quick. Well, how do you, wait a minute, you can just write a rap wherever, anywhere, anytime? Yes, because when I was a waitress, I had to um, force myself to do that. So I would be like on my feet for 12 hours a day and through the night. So when a rap or an idea would come to my mind, yeah. I would write it on my little waiter's pad. Yeah. So now I'm used to having to write or jot something down real quick. So yeah. my first eight bars of that little rap my managers sent it to me while I was in the car here uh, and I wrote the first eight lines in the car. Just oh just goodness. really, really quickly in a few minutes. And now when we break here, I'm going to go upstairs and try to just add eight more lines to do it. Do you write it or do you put it like in a voice note? I do both. But this one, I, I actually typed it in my notes. But I do that as well. Like I'll record it in my voice note just because I want to sometimes remember my melody. Right. Yeah. Because we've all tried to remember something and then later we can never oh, remember exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Especially like a dream and you go, you yeah. got to remember it, got to remember yeah. that. Yeah. Gone. That's Gone. so true. I do that now too I write down my dreams that's very true yeah now um, where were you waitressing Red Lobster. Oh, my God. A bunch of different ones at Girl, that. let's talk about the cheddar biscuits. Don't get upset. Oh, child. <laughs> they better have my cheddar biscuits. Don't get upset about the but cheddar biscuits. But I used to get mad when people kept on asking for more and more freaking biscuits. Why are, are they, they free? The are they, they free? They are free. Yes. Yeah. But it's just like, child, did y'all come here to eat seafood or did y'all come for the biscuits? <laughs> I came for the biscuits with the crab leg fiesta, whatever the fucking <laughs> bottomless crab legs. Oh, yeah. that too. That yes. too. Which one did you work at? Which I ones? I worked at many. I got fired from all. Um, uh-huh. I worked in... Um, um, <laughs> I worked in Regal Park. I worked at Valley Stream. I worked in uh, Co-op City in the Bronx. Uh-huh. Oh, Co-op, Co-op City. City. Yes. Yeah. I dated a boy up there. Ooh. Jeff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the men of color. Yes, of course. And when we I were say just... dated, I meant... Uh huh. Yeah, I get okay. it. I get it. Uh, it said, uh, that's where the co-op comes that's, in. Yes, yeah. girl. Um, so now, would you eat the food? Or how long after you started working there did you stop eating the food? I never stopped eating the food. Until this day, until this girl. day, I still love Red Lobster. Like, really? What I, do you order? Well, I'll get an ultimate feast. But you know what's my favorite thing? She gets an ultimate feast. Yeah. Yes, Nikki. But my, one of my favorite things is the Cajun chicken pasta. Okay. It's so good. Cajun chicken, chicken pasta. But you're at a seafood place. Why are you getting Yeah, chicken? but because it's really seasoned well. But you can mix it. So you can put like, you can create your own three. You can do a Cajun chicken pasta. I love the fried shrimp and mm-hmm. I love the shrimp scampi. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do the, those three things. Their shrimp scampi's bomb. So good. I really? gotta go so far for a red lobster. Yeah. Because the closest one to me is Oxnard. Really? It's 805. Yeah. It's far. The one that was in my town, gone. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago, I've been in years. George wanted to What's go. What's This is about 20, I don't know, she maybe 25 years right? ago. George wanted to go to a Red Lobster because he had seen the commercial. He's Australian, so he'd never seen or heard of it before. Oh, he saw the commercial and wanted to go to Shrimp Fest. <laughs> yes, I'm like, shit. Shrimp Fest. Well, listen, I know. I've I heard, call it Fiesta. Know, yeah. Well, he, we went, and of course, he did not like it because it was, you know, it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Mass market. It's, it's mass market. This is 25 years ago. Oh, okay. And he was, his ass was bougie back then, too. Okay. But uh, I worked at a Red Lobster on. You did? I certainly did. What? So you don't know that I did. No, this is one. This is one of two real jobs I've ever How had. How long did you last at Red Lobster? Uh, probably a week. <laughs> Busting tables at a week, and this is in Atlanta. What was that? Shallowford Road. It was probably it was off of Shallowford. 
South or Shallowford Road in Atlanta, and I worked. I worked there for a week. Wow, it was hard. It was hard. Bus and tables. Bus and tables. It's very hard, hard work working yeah. there. Yeah. I don't think people realize that. And we do long hours. Yeah. Well, the hard part for the, the, being a waiter is very hard because you have to deal with the people. Public. Yes, and their attitudes. And if you got a little attitude too, child, then yeah. it is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because attitude, your attitude, because they attitude yeah. equal explosion. <laughs> yep. And then when they did, and then over. when they didn't give me no tip, I would have more of an attitude and run out there and be cussing them out and that's how I got fired. Wait a minute. Wait. So people would not give you a tip? Sometimes. Did you walk up to the table and be like, hey, my name is Nikki. I'm your server. <laughs> I'm like, hi, welcome to Alaska. My name is Onika. Uh, how, and I would say like the drink oh, of the- Oh, you said your government name. Oh, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And okay. I would say the drink of the day, the fish of the day, blah, blah, blah. Put their coaster on the table. That's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would be nice. Yeah. And sometimes and sometimes people would like force themselves to be mean to you just because they cheap ass didn't want to tip you. True. Oh. Yeah. True. So how did it come to be that you worked at all these different red lobsters. <laughs> is it, did, well, I mean, is it, uh, why? See, we ask the important questions. Yes. But no, but I, I mean, if you worked at several of them. What, Didn't work, get around? Was, what, well, I kept getting fired. And the thing is, okay, so when I, I, I literally, I actually snuck into working at the at the Regal Park location. I thought, well, maybe if I just lay low, they wouldn't remember that I was, that I was li- working in the Valley Stream. Maybe no one here will remember me. And sure enough, I saw them like start talking under their breath and they started whispering. And as soon as they found out, I was gone. But uh. then with Co-op City, being that it was one of my old managers that my best friend, she, you know, she's really cool with. She begged him to give me a job and he gave me another chance. Yeah. And then I, I cussed the customers out, stuck my middle finger and ran out the um, restaurant telling them to give me back my pen because they didn't tip me. Uh-huh. And then I got fired again. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have a lot of regular jobs in your yes, life? Yes, actually I did. Yeah. I was um, a customer service rep for a long time for a phone company, and I was an office manager, like, literally on Wall Street. I what was, was the longest job you've had? Um, <clears throat> I think... Um, between waitressing and customer service because yeah. I did waitressing for a long time because at that time it was good money like it was cash money yeah. like yeah. you know uh, I was making when you do that like you can make at least at that time you can make at least $500 a week there was some girls making $1,000 a week cash what? Yeah, the nice girls Nikki the nice girls yeah the really nice ones <laughs> uh-huh. but I was excited because I'm like I'm stacking my money I got more money than everybody I'm like eight, 19 years old with all this money yeah. so I bought a BMW Really? Wow. With your, yes. With, with my your tip own, money. Well, I I got a little settlement I think from like a, an accident. So Jacoby and Myers. Right. <laughs> it was, but it was only a couple thou, mm-hmm. and I had money because of my waitressing to put down and to then make the payments. Those were really expensive payments and car insurance. My yeah, yeah, my, yes. my car note was four hundred something dollars a month, wow. and my insurance was twelve hundred dollars every York. three months. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's a lot of money. That and is I a was, lot. And I never ever lost my car ever. And that's because you were under 25 is that right is Probably, that why yep yep yeah. and, it, and i was just it was an expensive and it was car. A, and it was an expensive car yeah yeah in the neighborhood. so when you first started making real money what was the first thing you bought um the first the, extravagance i i want to i bought a range rover that was oh, the f- nice. first extravagance that was one of the first extravagant things but the thing i don't know if people know this but one of the other first extravagant things i did was buy all my best friends cars too so. was that in hindsight was that a mistake one of them the other day I was talking about I don't know why I bought that car for but most for the most part no because these were all of my girlfriends are my childhood friends so they've literally known me since I was a kid Wow! so I bought you know like literally like Mercedes Benz two Range Rovers a BMW and you paid cash for them all yes, and ma'am. they didn't have any pay and they had no to take care of, to this day. they had to take care of the insurance and stuff now that's I a even, friend I even paid ins- I even paid their insurance for the first year 
Wow. Whenever I buy somebody a car, like I do, I, I do that. But yeah. Because oh, and we wow. talked about this a lot here on this podcast where people um, who have made a huge impact on the world and start making money. How do you reconcile the old friendships? You know, because a lot of the old friendships are still struggling. And, you know, how do you keep how do you keep that relationship from deteriorating? I can't say that Deteriorating. Word. Yes. I got you. Yeah. Um, um, my friends have been in my life for so long that they're more like family. So we're the type of friends like we can, you know, cuss each other out, but they know I love them to death. I'll always be there for them. So I don't really have an issue. But the, do they come asking for money? Sometimes, mm-hmm. but not, but really, no. To be honest, I always offer my friends and my family money. Like every time I go around, I'll have cash and just give everybody money because I don't want them, I don't want people to have to ask me because I think maybe they might feel bad to have to ask. So for the most part, when I go around like my hood, like in Queens, I just walk around with cash and give out money. But, that's been for the last like 10 years. I literally just said though, this year I have to switch it up. Because now I have to start planning for my family, you know, my own family. And I realized that People, sometimes people could start thinking that you're obligated to do it. So now I have to say no, learn how to say no, which was very difficult for me. I have to learn how to say no and not feel guilty. I used to always feel guilty like I shouldn't have all this or I, you know, but I worked my ass off. And so it's like, what the hell is wrong with me? But I went through a lot of guilt for a very long time. Now, when you first got famous and, and became so super successful, did you start going to therapy or anything like that to sort of deal with it? You wish you did. I wish I did. Never too late, baby. Yeah, I think maybe I will because, I mean, I don't know. Um, the industry hit me like a Mack truck. I didn't know what to expect. It was right at the beginning of like social media and Twitter. Mm. So I was able to read all the negative things people oh, no. would say. Oh, no. And like, and it it scars you. Like you're human. If, yeah. if, no matter how much you say you don't care, it does take a toll on you. So I think it made me put up like this defense mechanism for my whole career, which looking back now, I wish I didn't take it on as much. Yeah. But um. so yeah, I never <clears throat> did officially the therapy, but I would love to and I, and I may. Like I think I did one session with this one man and it was really good, but it was in New York. And when I came to LA, I just never followed up on it with right. anyone. But um, you live out here in LA. Yeah, I live in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm moving back though. I think this year to New, New York. York. Yeah, why don't finally. you live in both places? Um, I guess, and I guess actually I will be, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I want to just have like set up shop in New York now. Yeah, I've been here forever. Well, you know, um, <laughs> finding a therapist is not the easiest thing. You, you have to audition them, and you have to find the people who you have a connect where you feel safe enough to tell your secrets and stuff. Yeah. But I think you know, I talk to a lot of people who um, who have become their position has changed uh, rap drastically, and and then reconciling the old self with the new self is it's a struggle. What was the byproduct of that struggle? Did you like just cut, call people up and cuss them out or did you uh, egg houses? Did you TP <laughs> houses? What was the byproduct of that change? I was already from a very aggressive neighborhood. And then when I went to high school, I was able to tame that because I was going to school for theater. But when I came in the business, I felt like I had to be that very hood girl all over again. Right. I think the byproduct was just making me... Ugh. And plus, it's a and plus I'm a rapper, so I was always around men. Yeah, it made me always feel like I have to. Like I guess I had a chip on my shoulder. I have to make sure that y'all don't think right. that y'all about to touch me or mm. do it with me or da da da. Like I always was very, very big on like not being um, 
sexually promiscuous because I I knew that once that would ha- have happened, I would lose respect from these male rappers that I loved. Yeah. And so what that was one of the things that I made my business not to do in this industry. Yeah. And that's why I can still get respect from them. But, it, but I think it just hardened me. It, it would make me like just be super aggressive. And then when I would look back, I'd be like, why did I just speak like that? Or why did I, you know, just assume this person was, you know, coming for the jugular or, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I, I could have yeah. been just more calm, <clears throat> but instead I was just like, oh, I'm back in Southside Jamaica, Queenshaw. What you trying yeah. to do? Like, but what you're you, you also know? younger. Exactly. I didn't know a lot. And it's not like a lot of people have parents in this industry, <clears throat> like their parents, like I didn't have that. I learned everything myself, and there's no rule book on how to be a rapper. That's why I think that, you know, there should be, for all young uh, people in show business or reality, people get famous really fast, there should be a, some type of a therapy agency where you go and you are you train yourself or they train you how to deal with these kinds of situations. Absolutely. Otherwise, you just have to do it on your own. Because yeah. they happen all the time. It happens to all everybody. the time. Nobody so is you said you're from South Jamaica, Queens? Yes. Is that a rough neighborhood? Yeah, it is. Like, I used to tell people, and this is the truth, any man in my neighborhood that I would see was either on crack or selling crack. Oh, that's wow. hot. Yeah, that's that's like, and literally right on my corner. Like, I would walk, and as, and when we were younger, we walked to the store by ourselves and yeah. stuff. Yeah, sure. So it wasn't a big deal, but I'm just saying, like, there was no filter yeah. for what was happening in the neighborhood. It was yeah. just like, I remember like walking behind people and seeing their crack fall out their hands and them them picking it up and like <laughs> running along. Like, like it was uh-huh. just so normal. Yeah. You know, I've never done crack before. <laughs> that actually surprises me. <laughs> well, no, I for real because Rue no, has done everything. I've done everything. Oh. But you know what? Back in the 70s, in the late 70s, I did do freebase some coke, which is the same thing, right? Isn't it the okay. same thing? Isn't I think it's the same cocaine? thing. Our producer's shaking his head it's like different? he know. You don't know no damn crack cocaine. You know the difference between cocaine and crack cocaine? Okay. You know, they cook it differently. It's cooked differently. One is like one is like the fast, cheap version, right. and the other is the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Way you do some cheese. If you biscuit. freebased it, and yeah. then what smoked it? He's freebased it. Is smoking it? No, oh, so for, I think no, that is not. crack. It is crack, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's what it, oh, honey, put it in a pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Oh, it is the. Devils. But you heat it with the thing. Yeah, yeah? you heat oh, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah you heat it with a pipe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So how did you avoid getting involved with all that? Because my father was on drugs at that time, and my mother used to put it in our heads: "Don't ever do this. Don't ever do that." In fact, and this is this is the truth: I didn't even know how to smoke weed until like a few years ago Mm. because I wouldn't even touch a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Like I had never gotten drunk. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the things I think, and people used to tell me, they was like, you need to get high. You need to get drunk. And now I realize why people used to say that to me because I didn't have anything to calm me down. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about going and get a pill or taking anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just was like, I either was on my natural happy high mm-hmm. or I was on my natural rage, like, what? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But my mother, she wouldn't even curse around us. She, you know, no cigarettes, no drinking, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So I just went on the forest side of, you yeah. know, possibly. But yeah. then eventually being in the industry and being by my, like, being older and living away from my mother, probably like in the last, I would say maybe six, seven years, I started like, actually drinking and you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and now I can smoke or getting high or whatever mm-hmm. but it just didn't turn me on it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do that's great yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah when's your birthday December 8th 
December Sagittarius. 8th. Yeah. Oh, so you're Vagittarius. She what the is. F- <laughs> I'm a Vagittarius. She's a Vagittarius. Virgo, Scorpio. Scorpio. Yes. Oh. I can actually get along really well with uh, with uh, Vagittarius. Vagi- so two of my yeah. two of my best friends are Scorpios. Yeah. No. A male uh, and a female. Yeah. Scorpios, Vagittarius, and uh, Virgos. They go. Get, we're not get matches, along real. but yeah. We're get not matches. No. What do you mean we're not matches? Well, you know the trifecta is Scorpio. Sorry, I'm putting myself Virgo. Uh. Um, Taurus and Capricorn. So there's, you know, the Earth signs. The... I get along with Capricorn. I don't get along with Taurus, though. Really? No, no. I'm not male. Taurus. Male Tauruses are the worst thing on the planet. The worst. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very um, jealous and pig-headed, abusive. stubborn. Yeah. Yes. So now, okay, now um, Anika, Anika. Yes. I love that name. Thank so you. Uh, did, did you always know how to rap? I know that you went to the School of Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. In which one? Which the one? Fame school, not, the not fame LaGuardia. school, LaGuardia. Yep. Yeah, you went LaGuardia, yep, right by Ju- Juilliard. Yeah. yeah, so I used to have to pass by Juilliard every day. Um, I think I always had it in me that my best one of my next door neighbors was a girl a little bit older than me, and she used to rap, and I like kind of wanted to impress her. So one day I just wrote this really horrible rap, and I went and knocked on her <laughs> door, and and when she opened the door, I started saying my rap. <laughs> And it was so dumb. It was cookies. The name chocolate chip is the flavor. Suck up my styles like a cherry lifesaver. And I really thought I was doing something. Oh, you were? <laughs> Actually, that's not that's bad. Cute. I like it. Who what does that even mean? To suck up my styles like a cherry lifesaver. Like, it was so dumb. And I was so embarrassed for years and years after. But it was a whole rap that I that I did. Did you grow up loving rap? Who were your favorite rappers growing up? I loved um, like Soul and Papa. Like, mm. because, and they were from Queens. Yep. Uh-huh. So at that time, it was just like, oh my God, like, I just loved the fashion and their boldness and all that good stuff when I was a kid, yeah. kid, you know? And I was like in that LL Cool J around the way girl and yes. seeing the girls uh-huh. with the bamboo earrings and he's from Queens too. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's that's around the time when I was falling in love with, with hip hop, mm. you know, Slick Rick. Yeah. That era. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We've got Nicki Minaj here. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You know, I love me some Squarespace, child. They be making them websites. <laughs> They do. They make great websites <laughs> yes. and it's easy to do. Yes. You would dropping and dragging the platforms and all that stuff. Hey, you guys out there should get you a website. You should because it, when you're ready to purchase, you can get 10% off with the offer code RUE. That's squarespace.com, offer code RU. You Wait, what's the Slick Rick album? Adventures in what? It's, it's, it's yeah. Adventures in, uh, I got it right I, here. Hold on. Yeah, because you know, everybody talks about Slick Rick, but I I don't know anything about Slick Rick. Oh. Remember that song? Yeah, it was one The Great days. Adventures. Long yes. Ago. I was, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good story. Yeah. Telling my brain at that time. Slipper. And also, he was like almost like a fashion icon, too. Yeah. He was with his eye patch. Yeah. Well, yeah. what makes. He was with Dougie Fresh. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I know that about Dougie Fresh. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh. That one, Lottie yes. Dottie. Yeah. Boom, boom, so, what boom. makes a good rapper? Because you are really fantastic. Thank you have your you. own rhythm, you've created your own. Uh, vernacular and style and cadence it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. I love it Um, um, what do you think makes a good rapper a good rapper to me um, uh, I like it when they are multidimensional in their flow Mm -hmm. Um, like with me I always try my best not to give you the same flow more than once Mm -hmm. I always try to be spontaneous and exciting on the track um I I believe that is a good a good little humor is always good. Mm-hmm. I think of a, a dope rapper should be able to be versatile. You should be able to you know spit a song that'll make people cry, or spit a song that'll make people turn up. Yeah. Um, I think and in, in this day and age, I think it's important, um, especially for females to to know that to have the confidence enough to write their raps. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought 
in the begin in the beginning of my career, my whole thing was no man's ever gonna write my rap, you know, because I just <laughs> I had heard I had heard that that was like the norm, and I wanted to, I thought I was smart, and I was like, well, what can you write that I can't write? You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. was my whole vibe coming into it. So I think you know whenever you you pen your own thoughts. That's all to me. I I love that because then I'm not only just falling in love with the words, I'm falling in love with the person and the way Mm. their mind works. Yes. So um, all of those great things. And of course, I mean, in this day and age, you got to know how to make a song because like you you can come in and spit hard and spit like I used to spit on other people's um, records all the time. But you also have to know how to go in that studio and create on your own mm-hmm. at, at some point. That's, yeah. That is what shows the maturity then of the artist. And what made you, uh, when did you realize that you could sing? Did you always sing? Well, I don't, I'm, I don't sing, let's be clear. You but sing. I, you no, sing. I can, hum a, I can hum a tune, but I will say I always loved singing because my mother used to always play Diana Ross and stuff in uh-huh. the house and she would play Babyface. So I would always hear my mother singing around the house and that's how we would like play with each other and engage. We Like she would always make me sing and stuff. And then I just started doing um, like hooks and choruses for people around my way when they would go to the studio. Mm. And that, and that's how I got into the singing part. Yeah. What Diana Ross songs? We, I I know we were almost oh, out of time. What Diana Ross Oh, the Supremes and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, the Supremes era. And because my mother has a little uh, tiny voice at that time, and she swore she was sounding like Diana Ross, but she <laughs> never did. And, <laughs> like, it was so funny. Oh, you resemble Shaka Khan. People say Everyone that. Everyone says that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone says that. Um, have you worked with her? Never, but, uh, but I love her, and it's a compliment when people say that. Because, I mean, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Now, does your mother live out here or in New York? In New York. York. Yeah. Everybody that all of my family lives in New York. That's why. There. Yeah, that's why I want to go back now. Yeah, because um, not to be crude or anything, but you have a lot of money. A lot. I'm not. You don't have to say anything. You, you don't, don't have to have say to anything. Be a South but you have a lot of money, and so I'm just always curious about how you, how are people able to negotiate the crew back home and the family members? We talked about this earlier, and your own life that you have worked hard and deserved and you have earned I, there must be a weird way to negotiate that I you I, I know it's hard to speak on because you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings um I don't know it's weird because I think my Nicki Minaj persona is more of like flashy and stuff and I don't know but I think my real self is so much more down to earth so it doesn't I don't notice I don't know. I just feel very regular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel you. I feel you. Well, you have so much more. You've given us so much and you have so much more to give. Thank you. I'm so excited about where Nicki Minaj is going Thank and you. everything that <laughs> Nicki Minaj does. And, and you are fabulous. a badass. Don't ever forget it. Thank you. There um, are not many rappers that can spit the way you spit, do a pop song the way you do, do you. movies like you do. Don't ever forget Thank you. who Nicki motherfucking Minaj is. Thank you, for Michelle real. Minaj. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I want to thank you guys for having me because you, RuPaul, like, obviously, I know you know that you're an icon, but 
I'm talking about like when I say I have been mesmerized for I'm talking like your whole career, my whole career that I can rem- remember and always watching the the drag race show. Mm. And it just brought so much fun to my life and excitement for so many years. And I'm and I just want you to know that like it's my pleasure to be here with you guys, honestly. Thank you so we're much. So happy Thank you. Well, we're gonna get you back out on that judges panel. We're gonna go to a break right now. Uh uh, so we will talk to you in just a few minutes. With us, fools. Right. Yes, with us. Thank you, Nicki Minaj. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with Leslie Jones. Yes. Hey, Michelle, what's for supper? Oh, cashew chicken tonight. Oh, I love me some cashew chicken. I'm telling you, I have been an addict to Blue Apron ever since it started. It started kind of out of necessity for us yeah. because I was out of town a lot and David needed to cook for the girls. But now it's really David and Lola, and Lola's always with her boyfriend. Uh-huh. So he's cooking for his damn self. <laughs> So now, when Blue has he always Apron, been a good cook? Uh, no, no, not at all. And because of Blue Apron, he now at least can follow what the recipe mm-hmm. says and do it the right way. Health is personal, but no matter what it looks like, it should taste good. And that's why Blue Apron wants to help you create a mealtime routine that works for you. One that's not centered around fad diets or, you know, diets of the moment, yeah. but an enjoyable long-term approach to eating. You can create a personalized plan that works for you with Blue Apron's ever-changing mix of plant-forward, vegetarian, carb-conscious, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, mm. WW-approved, and 500 calories or less options. They're all there. We use Blue Apron for three meals a week, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't change a thing. Lola's about to go off to college in yeah. the fall. Yeah. We're still going to get Blue Apron yeah. because it's delicious. You can, like it just said, you can work around your health and plans. it's convenient. Oh, girl. That is the most amazing part. So convenient. The box shows up to my door, in my case, every Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's out there. You bring it in. You unpack everything. It's all set up. You have the knick-knack bags with, like, the sauces and, yeah. you know. And then you just you have the protein separated. And then all you need is the pan, the oil you choose to cook in or not if you I use a I think I spray. could manage that. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, it is so easy. Forget looking at food on Instagram. Now my husband's actually taking time to, to plate my Lola's meal and make it look beautiful and enjoy it. And when she's gone, he's going to plate his own meal. Ooh, I heard of that. And send me pictures. <laughs> because with Blue Apron, the hard parts are done. Cooking isn't a burden anymore. In fact, it's actually really fun to learn new kitchen skills. A big one that my family loves, so every time it comes up on the choices, is the pimento burgers. Mm. So you make a burger. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you make this, you grate the cheese, mm-hmm. and you mix it with, I think it's mayo, and then you put these fresh pimentos in there. Mm-hmm. They go Ape shit really? every time those burgers are on there. So I wow. buy them. I order them every single time. Mm. Eating does not have to be about deprivation. Don't compromise on flavor or suffer through these boring meals. Embrace whole ingredients and eat with all of your senses. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash ru. Blue Apron, feed your soul. Yeah, well, we got Leslie Jones here. Now, Leslie Jones has been a cast member of Saturday Night Live since 2016, which means if I do my math correctly, which I I don't Go and on. I won't. Actually, 2015. 2000. No, no 2014. 2014. Yes. So you threw my math all the way off. <laughs> how much? How, how long is that? What is that? Five? Or that five, five years? Seasons. Five seasons. And she's with us here on the podcast. Now, you're no stranger. You're no stranger to the sort of radio format. Your father was with K. Yes, KJLH. I remember oh, KJLH. Oh, wow, of course. And Stevie Wonder, you know, yes. uh, I think he, I don't think he owns it anymore. I'm not uh, sure. But it he still did, exists? It, I think K- so. Okay. I think KJLH still exists. But he was always on the radio. He's an electronic engineer. Your father. Yes. And, and so a DJ. And a, and a DJ. Yeah, he, so yeah. you grew up with music everywhere. Yes. Do you remember the first 
unit of music that you owned, like you're, I don't know, I don't know how old you are. I don't care how I'm, old you I'm are. I'm 51. I don't mind saying. So, Yay! You, so you had 68. So you had 45? You're 68? Yeah, she's 68. Oh, oh damn, damn girl. I was like, damn, you look good, girl. Uh, <laughs> no, 67. She's 67. 67. 67. So what was the first uh, 45 that you owned? Oh, that is so funny because I was thinking in my head, I own 45s, RuPaul. Yeah. Like my room, I was so into music that in my closet, I took all my stuff out of my closet and I had a net. And you know how you spray that iridescent Because your spray? first name is Annette. Well, okay, yeah, that wasn't the reason. Oh. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was a psychedelic thing. You spray yeah, yeah, that yeah. You spray a net, a netting, then, yeah. Right, and then I would put the hits of the week in the net. That's oh, how my involved I was with music. Now, the first, the thing that I can remember is, please remember what I told you to forget by the Tavern, ta- Tavares. By Tavares. Oh, Tavares. Okay, yes. yeah, Tavares. Please yeah, yeah, yeah. remember yeah. what I told you. Yeah. To forget. Yeah, that was yeah. a big hit for them. Yeah. <laughs> now, most people out there remember Tavares as, uh, from um, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Right. Uh, Together, baby. Michelle, what's the Saturday Night Fever song? Big... Together, baby. No, they had a big They know that. They, they... More, more than a woman. More than a woman that's, to that's me. That's yeah, it is. No, that's the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees did it, but Tavares did it but on the a, soundtrack. That, not really? The yeah, yeah. Now, that I didn't know that. Yeah, they did I'm that. I'm going to look it up. I did yeah. not know yeah. that. So, um, music was a big thing in your family. Yeah. I love it. So, uh, was, was that so? Was the Tavares the first forty five? No, 45? this is it. What? Heaven must be missing it. Yeah, yes. must be missing an angel. Yes, must yeah. be missing an angel. Yes. Oh yes, Huge. I remember that. Huge hit. But you're right, more than a woman. More than a woman. Yeah. And you know that um, one of the Tavares, uh, I think, it was Chucky or uh, Bubba. Uh, Someone was married to Lola Falana. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Was it Bubba? Chunky? Whatever. I always wanted to be Chunky? Lola Falana. It, was, like it had a weird... Yeah, it was a I weird, wanted, a weird Did name. I look it up? Chub, chubby. 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 His name was Chubby. Chubby. Wanted, chubby Tavares. I wanted to be Lola Falana so bad. You did. Yeah. She's yeah. like our, like Diane Carroll, yeah. Josephine Baker type. Well, you know, she's still with us. Wow. Does yeah. she still look good? She still looks gorgeous. I, there are videos of her on YouTube. Of course, there are also the videos of her... Um, uh, Fabergé uh, Tigress mm-hmm. ads. So you were here in LA when the radio station was happening. Yeah, well, yeah, KJLH. Yes. Well, we part here about eighty-two, something like that. Because he was in the uh, service in the military. He was in military. Then he went from there to to the uh, to radio station, being an electronic engineer. That's what he learned in the military. Yeah, in, you know, you remember when they used to send people to the army to go to college? That's right. That's what he did. <laughs> so I always say military. Military. Yeah. <laughs> Military. Military. <laughs> he was in the military where he learned a skill. Yeah. <laughs> and so you guys moved to LA and he got this job at the radio station. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just always curious about um what era was he working at the because I'm trying to figure out yeah. what music was playing. I'm like then. 82. From so. 82. So it was Bad Mama Jamma. Yeah, Bad Mama Jamma. And it was uh uh Yarborough and People's. Oh uh, my god, oh my how do you know? Don't you yeah. stop it? Everybody yeah. thought that was the you SOS stop. band. Yeah. Yes. Well, it is very SOS. It's very but SOS. But you know band. who produced that was Lonnie Simmons, who did all the Gap Bands music. Really? He was, Lonnie Simmons uh, produced all the Gap Band stuff. You know stuff. about music I'm like a music, big time. I'm a music oh, yeah. freak. I'm oh, a music freak. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So uh, uh, he uh, he he did uh, the Yarbrough and People's thing. But uh, 82 is a great year it for was music. A, it was an awesome year. I just remember moving from Memphis. And I knew so many, like, you know, the Barcades. Oh, yeah. They're from we Memphis. Knew, we, knew, we knew, like, Prince. We knew all the Prince, you know. like. But when I got here to the California, yeah. they didn't know some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They, right. they knew about George Clinton. Yeah. 
you know, the flashlight. But when I played some Barcades, I was like, what is that? Like, yeah. what? How do you not know the Barcades? That yeah. also surprises me because L.A. is... And like, Rick James and uh-huh. all of that. It wasn't like... I don't know if you remember this. Uh. When Rick James and Prince used to compete with each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You remember? Yes. And Prince won. Prince won. But Rick was on him, though. He was on him. In fact, uh, uh, Rick James said that Prince got the idea for the girl group from him. Yes. And that's how that whole... Because yes. they were friends for a while. Yes. It's almost like a biblical thing. It's so thing. true. They were friends for a while, and then they competed friendly, and then it turned it ugly. It turned ugly. Yeah. Because remember, they got the girl groups, and yeah. then they got the bands. Yeah. I think he got uh, Stone, Stone City. Stone City, yeah. And then he had a Revolution. Yes. And then yeah. you remember the three girls, Vanity Six just beat out. And yeah. I don't know how Vanity Six beat Mary Jane Girls. Oh, I have no idea. Well, but Vanity Six only had the one. One, one song. Right. Nasty but Nasty Girl, Girl was, it. It was huge. Yes, but Mary huge. Jane Girls. But Mary Jane Girls had, had a couple of songs. They had, a, they had All Night Long. In yes. My house. In My House. They yes. had Candyman. Yes. And they had, uh, uh, there was another, oh, Mary Jane. No, yeah. no, no that, that was, was, that was, was him. But yeah. this is the thing. They came up with the style. You remember the baby socks? And oh, you remember I love the girl them. With the, I loved I the Mary Jane Girls. I love those baby socks. Nothing says I am a whore. Yes. More than Bathe's baby socks. I went to the swap meet. With a heel. I went to the swap meet and stole baby socks. Really? Oh. Yeah, I stole baby socks because you, I, and I got caught. And you got oh, you caught. Did. Well, my mom caught me. Yeah, because I forgot my mom put stuff in my, you know, she in her drawers. Yeah, and she goes, "Where you get these from?" Uh-huh. Yeah, I ain't give you no money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like did where she you get make them from? You bring them back. No, but she beat my ass. Oh, really? <laughs> she was that kind of mama. No, she was like, do you don't be stealing nothing. You ain't uh-huh. got to steal something. Yeah. And I told her I was with my cousin Vicky, and I couldn't be with my cousin Vicky for a long time because yeah. she thought Vicky had made me steal them. And you stole this <laughs> because you knew your mother wasn't going to buy them for you. Because right. she, she, your mother yeah. would go, uh, I'm sorry, child, but these are for whores. Yeah, and then uh, plus uh, you ain't uh, no damn baby. What you want baby <laughs> socks for? Right. No, you wear a size You're a grown 10. Ass girl. Your, your feet ain't baby. Why would you... <laughs> Some <laughs> damn baby socks come right here. Yeah, with they don't the even lace pull all the way up. <laughs> yeah, with the lace edges. Oh my oh, god, yeah. it is just I love it with a pair of pumps. Oh my god, it's oh my goodness, so horish. So did you? Were you that kind of a girl? Would you wear that kind of stuff given the chance? No, I was such a jock. Mm. I was a jock. Now when I hung out with my cousin Vicky, I would dress up. She would make me dress up. Yeah, where is Vicky today? I have. I think she's in Memphis now. She's oh, in Memphis. Now. I thought you were gonna say she's in jail. Nah, no, no, no. Uh huh. <laughs> But she was, but this all happened in Memphis. Yeah, no, this happened in California. And she was out here visiting Vicky? No, she lived out here before me. Oh, okay. And this is so crazy because we lived in the good side of, of Linwood. Uh huh. And then my dad, we had to move to the hood part of Linwood. Uh huh. Where is Linwood? It's by the airport? It's Linwood is like Linwood Compton Watts. Okay. Yeah. So you come through Watts, you're going to get right to Linwood, then Compton. Right. So it is it is kind of near the airport, right? If you jump on the 105. That's, yeah. I guess. It's like Westchester. Westchester. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not really. Not uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know that. Kind of Long Beach Boulevard. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, we're in Hollywood, California right now. Do you go back over there? Do you have friends still over there? You know, I've, li- I've lived in Cali so long. I didn't leave Cali until 2014 to go to SNL. Yeah. So it's so weird to come back to Cali. Mm. California to me now feels like a boyfriend that I haven't really, an ex-boyfriend that I haven't really set up my differences with. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like every time I come to Cali. Uh-huh. I yeah. just have such mixed emotions. Like, I know this place, yeah. but this place is not my home anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 And Do then you, you see familiar parts, you go, oh God, I remember... I remember when I, oh, I remember that, uh, you know, when we was coming here, like I lived in North Hollywood yeah. and, I was, and and Santa Clarita. Uh-huh. So we're on that freeway and so many times I've been on that freeway and I'm like, 
oh my God, this is the 170. Oh my God, I used yeah. to get off, look, that bank. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, crazy. Yeah. And so if you look back on all the places you live, where are the happiest memories? New York, Memphis, L.A.? That's a good question. All of them. Uh-huh. I have good memories for all of them. I guess I stayed my most time in L.A., yeah. so I would have to have a balance of good and bad. Yeah. And you lived in sense. Denver, too, no? Yes, I went to college at yeah. uh, Fort, uh, Fort Collins. Actually. Oh, we call that Fort Jones. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because Fort Joan Collins. Oh! For jo- Joan Collins. We call that I Fort Jones. Yeah. yeah, I went to college there on um, basketball. Was Oh, and what was it? What college is there again? Uh, that was Colorado State, uh-huh. CSU. Yeah. And so you have good memories there. It's a lot of white folks there, right? Lots of white folks. I learned how to be alone or, you know, how to live by myself there. Uh And I also learned that I was a comedian there. My friend signed me up for comedy there. Uh Really? That's what, yeah. You know how you go and find, well, I always thought I was just fun, you know, to be around your friends, just laugh at you. But then when you go to a whole new set of people and these people are telling you that you're funny as hell. Yeah. And my friend Danita that I met there, she signed me up for a contest. I didn't know. She just came. She was like, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but you're really funny. Uh-huh. And she was like, I signed you up for this contest. And I was like, <laughs> why would you do that? She was like, because I think that you need a little push. Yeah. And I was like, I've ne- I don't want to, I don't, I don't know what to do. And as soon as I touched the mic, RuPaul, I knew. I knew. Aww. And, where and that was material? 1987. 87. And how did you come up with the material? I just talked not- about my uncle. I talked about my uncle. Uncle and I talked who? To my uncle Junior. Is that Vicky's father? Yes. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> Uncle Junior. I did you know? That's so funny. Precisely. Because he used to stutter. Oh, I love him. So I used to, he used to be like, and come upstairs before RM Hoodlum's out there going, is he still with us, Uncle Junior? Yes. I love Uncle Junior. I know Uncle Junior so well. <laughs> and he was just so sweet. Yeah. And so why Memphis? Is that where your mother and father's people are from, Memphis? Well, yeah, my dad's people are from Memphis. From Memphis. I think my mom was born in California. Now, you don't so know. Good. You don't not know. for sure, because we didn't really mess with her side of the family. Oh, uh, huh. why not? My dad kept us from there. They were evil. They were evil. Yeah, it was, it's a whole story. Like, yeah. you know, my mom, my, my mom's mom yeah. left her and her brother on a corner uh, just brought him to Memphis and left him there and then really? her sister took care of them yeah. Aunt Winnie Aunt Winnie and it's interesting though these stories like that with families and how did you guys talk about this at all? No I just knew about it my mom never talked about her mom yeah. and I went with her when I was young I remember because we went to California because my dad was like, okay, well, we're going to go see her side of the family. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, don't like you be here. Like he, he just like he knew who they were. Yeah. And I remember we went to go see her mom. And this is such a faint memory. But the reason I remember is because my mom was so upset. Mm-hmm. So she was so scared. And I've never felt fear of my mom. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there and she was really scared. And this woman comes out. She has white gloves on, very clean, very mm-hmm. pristine hat, mm-hmm. everything. And she was like, how are you, Annette? Mm-hmm. My, uh, your mother got your name from me. Mm-hmm. I'm your grandmother. I was like, I don't know who the fuck you are. You ain't mm-hmm. my grandmama. I got mm-hmm. a grandmama named Big Mama. She in Memphis and my mama smacked me. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like that she got, like, I was upset. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you up? Like, yeah. 
Like yeah. I didn't I don't like her. She got like I could tell that yeah. she had her feeling that way. Uh-huh. And it wasn't a good visit. Mm-hmm. I just I was just like, let's go. And I never saw this woman again. But I do remember when she died, my mom really broke down. And we was yeah. before Oprah era. You right. know, you just didn't talk about that. My yeah. mom was very concerned about us just being good, like uh, well-minded kids. Yeah. She didn't, she was the most positive woman. She knew what to put me in. Uh, she just wasn't like that. Yeah. And, and she was just like I used to always say, this people just run over you she was just very sweet yeah very sweet woman how many brothers and sisters you got I had a brother Mm. yeah and And he's not with us no he's not and that's crazy too Mm -hmm. (laughs) he died when he's 37 yeah Yeah. really my mom and dad died like six months between each other really this all happened like 2000 and then my brother died in 2009 and okay so how were you able to cope with that what did you did you see therapists and stuff I believe in God yeah yeah I believe in God I just and you prayed? I prayed and God it got me through all of that. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I don't see a therapist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. see a therapist because yeah. people need to realize that you can't always do your own oil change. That's right. That's right. It'll get That's halfway true. done. And I was doing my own oil change too. I went to a professional mechanic and had the oil change done. Okay. I love that analogy. Yeah. Now, when you went to the therapist, now of course, your, mm-hmm. your, your parents died and then a few years later, your brother. Mm-hmm. What were the things that had not been dealt with um, uh, that you realized through therapy. Mm-hmm. What were the big uh, headlines from I all of that? I really felt like it was my fault my brother died. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Because it was like my brother was just, he's just, you know, he was a drug dealer that didn't learn how to take care of himself. So when the drug dealing stopped, he just was there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he ever really had that confidence in himself anyway. Mm-hmm. And look, his sister is Leslie Jones. I thrived at everything. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that bothered him too. Mm. So it's like he came and lived with me. He wasn't doing right. We would fight. He would hit me. You know, it's just, mm. so I had to get him out of my house because mm-hmm. my grandmother was like, you're on a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. This is an old man. He could take care of himself. So I put him out and he was homeless for a little while and passed. Mm-hmm. And you, you feel guilty about it. I feel Terrible, because the first thing I thought was, my dad is going to be so mad at me that I didn't take care of my brother. Mm-hmm. But I really, when I was in therapy, she was like, she was like, yeah, really think about that. Would your dad really be? Mad? My dad would be more mad at my brother. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Because and one thing that my dad said to me before he passed was, I used to ask him all the time. He said, like, you never was hard on on my brother. Like, look at where he is now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's struggling. And why was you so hard on me? And he was like, I've never had to come and save you ever. Right. He's like, I didn't have to bail you out of jail, never had to help you with rent. He was like, you, he's like, I built you just like I wanted mm-hmm. you to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wish I would have did that to Keith. And he was like, so do I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You oh, know, God bless him. Hey, we got Leslie Jones. We're going to talk more about everything right after this match. I knew this was going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, so many, you know, so many people write to us talking about the websites they've made through Squarespace. You know, uh, we've been touting their praises for years and years yeah. and years. And you guys owe it to yourself to go to squarespace.com and figure out a way to make your own website. Well, there's no, you know, figure in it to it. They, they make it easy. It is yeah. the simplest thing you can do. In fact, so many people write to us at uh, RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com about their uh, Squarespace websites and tell us how fabulous they 
they are. We get to see them. And uh, I've got one here. You got one? Let me hear about it. Hey, Rue and Michelle. I just wanted to take a brief minute of your time to send you my thanks. I've been a longtime listener and love to cackle along to Rue and Michelle. I've been meaning to update my painting and drawing portfolio for ages and made it my resolution for 2020 to update the design. The old page was so embarrassingly dated that I would avoid directing clients and gallerists to it, and by extension, my work. I finally decided to give Squarespace a shot, and I was able to rebuild a modern and elegant portfolio to do proper justice to my paintings. I know that supporting one of your sponsors is of mutual benefit, but I'd like to express to you my sincere gratitude. The 10% off makes a huge difference to young creators who have to run an extremely tight budget to continue making art. If you happen to be interested, my portfolio is at jordanclayton.ca. Jordanclayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N dot C-A. I'm just so thrilled about the design and feel significantly more confident now that my web presence is no longer stuck in the 90s. Thank you kindly for your time, Jordan. He is an amazing, amazing modern art painter. I love that. I love the fact that uh, the 10% really helps him out because, you know, there's so many starving artists out there. Amen, honey. Yeah, listen, you guys can get a free trial with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com. And when you are blown away and ready to confirm a plan, all you got to do is use that offer code RU Mm -hmm. and get, oh, that's my husband. That's right, 10% off. You'll be getting a great deal and, of course, helping to keep What's the Tea free, and we love you for that. Thanks again to Squarespace and keep sending in your websites to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. That's squarespace.com. Offer code RU. Oh, I can just open up to you. Yes, you can open up to me. We are back with Leslie Jones, uh, you know, movie star, TV star, <laughs> comedy star. And, you know, you've been doing this for a while. But in the past five, six years, the world knows who Leslie Jones Isn't is. Isn't that crazy? And it's, uh, what do you think, what happened? What, what shifted? Was it you? Was it the world? How did things change? You know, Very much, like I said, after my brother passed away, it was a moment of me having like, oh, I think I've been being somebody else for a little. I've been trying to be in the constraints of what everybody, yeah, everybody's like, oh, you need to be more feminine. Oh, you need to wear a dress on. Oh, you need to do Mm. this. So I was in a balance of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I was performing well, but I wasn't really doing the comedy I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And after my brother passed, I can't explain to you this feeling of not giving a fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm living my truth. Like, yeah. the hawk, the mohawk, yep. is how my hair looked when I would be at home and just relaxing. Yeah. I would comb it. Uh-huh. So I, after my brother passed away, I was, you know, in mourning. I just, I was doing a movie. I was mm. doing a lottery ticket when he passed. So uh-huh. I had to finish that movie, then go home, and then you get that month of everything's hitting you. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ian Edwards called me out for a spot. He was like, I can't do this spot. Can you come do this spot? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't feel like combing my hair. If they yeah. don't like the hawk, then whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I walked up, and people was like, Oh my God, that is dope. That uh-huh. Started wearing my hair like that because it was me. Yeah. And started doing material that was like, what I, the one joke that I had always wanted to do and had never did. And this joke killed for six years after mm. I started doing it. When I came home on a date, just back in the day, mm-hmm. I was in the middle of the living room and I was crying, going, Why can't I find a legit dude? Mm-hmm. If I was, if I was a slave. I'm Mendingo. Mm-hmm. I would have the best black men. Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. give me the best black men because they're trying to make <laughs> the another best. Yes. best black man. Yes. yes, I would have all the Idris Elbows, all of the Denzels, all of, you know what I'm saying? Every nine months, I'm like giving a Kobe, a Shaq, Kimbo oh Slice, you know? God. Oh my God. And I did this show for six years. <laughs> They like it. Give the people what they want. You know, and I, it was my real. And, and yeah. Chris knew me for years for that. Mm-hmm. And he used to always say, you're not ready. You're not ready. So I did that joke. Two o'clock in the morning at the comedy store. And he was there. And, and when I came off stage, he was like, I'm putting you on my list of 
funny, funny people. Wow. Really? And I was like, I don't give a fuck about your list. Yeah. I know I'm fucking funny. Right. Uh-huh. He was like, all right. So then, like three days later, Lindsay Shook is calling me from SNL, and she's like, "Yeah, Chris Rock told us that he, you know, wants us to audition you." And I was like, oh, "Okay." And I hung up and called Chris. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why uh, would you do that? Uh-huh. I don't do that type of comedy. I'm not a fucking sketch comic. Uh, what the fuck? I don't do that shit." Uh, he was like, "Shut the fuck up. Go out there and be funny, and don't worry about it." Yeah. So when audition for SNL and realness, like brought realness, because I went out there not to get the job. Uh-huh. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I get like, it. I get that. I'll go out there so these people can see me, but yeah. what the fuck ever. Right. And I went in there and did stand-up. I ain't do no characters. I did yeah. all stand-up. Yeah. Cartwheels, all that. My best stuff. Uh-huh. Lauren loved me. Uh-huh. Now, they didn't pick me because Lauren didn't know what I was. He was like, "You're so I don't know what you are. Yeah. So when he called me, he was like, I want you to come to SNL and be a writer right now. And I was like, I'm not a writer. I'm a performer. Uh. He's like, I know that. He was like, but I don't know what you are. Uh. I need you to come out here so I can study you more. Yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. And just came out there and then ended up doing the update on a on a whim. And they was like, I did the slave one. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Me and Che wrote it. And Che wrote it word for word because, like, when they started doing this update, they was trying to rewrite it. And I'm like, that's not my voice. That's yeah. not my voice. So when we did it at the table, I just literally was stopped reading because I was like, this is not my joke. Yeah. And I remember the head writer, Tucker, was like, Che, take her in that room and y'all write that joke word for word. And that's how we did it on the update desk. Well, what's interesting about this story is that— um, um, First of all, you were saying, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this. But it turns out you are all of those things, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's Basically. Just, yeah. And it's interesting how we as humans mm-hmm. uh, sort of put these walls up yep. and say, no, I'm not that, you know. And, and, uh, and come to find out. That it's one of my best skills. Absolutely. Like he unlocked the door in me. He unlocked the door that I always had. I always wanted Absolutely. to do stuff. But you just don't, you limit your mind. Yeah. I, you know what I thought that I was going to be in my career? Mm. I was like, Leslie, you're so funny, but you know what? You'll probably get like, you'll probably be like a Queen Latifah, maybe like a friend on a show or uh-huh. something, or maybe on a talk show. But that's it. That was yeah. my dream. Yeah. yeah. And God had something complete. He was like, oh, wow, that's so sad that that's all you're thinking about you can right. do. Right. Like, let me show you what you could do. Like, some of the stuff I'm doing, I can't believe it. It is uh, amazing. It's, I can't believe some of the stuff I'm doing. And so, you know, I'm just going back to this this concept of uh, how does a person listening right now to this podcast mm-hmm. unlock that door and, or, or first of all, find the areas mm-hmm. that they are blocked where they don't allow divinity to guide them. I guess the first thing you got to do is ask divinity to guide you. Exactly. I guess that is the first show you, place. Show you, show you, I say God, God, show me what sure, it is God, that I God. need to see. And I... Ask yourself, what is it that you hate and challenge it? Yeah. You know, I mean, like main, like how I really, I stopped doing black clubs. I, I you know, I've always did black clubs coming up, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing every time. And we're going to have the same tags. Right. Now I took this material and I go to a white club. Now I got white comics coming up to me, tagging and giving me tags I've never heard of before yeah. and taking my jokes in places that we never were done before. Yeah. I tell comics this all the time. And I please, God, if you're listening right now, comics, if you're a black comic, do white spots. Mm-hmm. Do Spanish spots. Mm-hmm. Don't limit yourself to just black clubs mm-hmm. because you're going to uh, uh, deepen your portfolio yeah. if you yeah. if you let somebody else touch your stuff. Right. You know? It's, yeah. It's it's an ama- it's amazing story. I know we don't have much more time here, but um, what what haven't you done that you'd love to do? And I know you do movies, you do TV, you do it all. You think about doing Broadway or I want to do an action. I want to be She Hulk. 
She, oh, yes. Shulk. Yes. I want to be She-Hulk or something like that. You could do that because you're very physical. And I'm very angry. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to see me when I'm angry. She don't turn green. She turns blue. Exactly, baby. goodness. (laughs) You know, uh, because we in my neighborhood, in my household, we call it the black rage. No, exactly. You You see red. Uh Uh-huh. And so uh, where do you think that rage comes from? Oh, well, I'm sure everybody has a pocket of rage in them. Yeah. I mean, it's just not black people. Uh-huh. I think ours is a little bigger, uh-huh. our, our area of rage, especially black women. Yeah. yeah. You know. But. Wow. <laughs> and uh, what, what advice, what about, uh, is it, or, uh, is it different advice for black female comics? Oh, and I hate to say it. Yes. Of course. Yes, it is. Yeah. And well, I'm going to say this about women comics, period. We just got to catch up. We're so busy trying to prove that we're a woman. On stage, that's mm-hmm. this is my problem with women comedians, mm-hmm. is that you just have to show your feminality on stage. We already know you're a woman by the tits and ass. Mm-hmm. We already know you don't have to come on stage and introduce yourself. You don't have to. You don't have to do jokes that. Do what you want to do. Right. Do the jokes that make you funny. Don't do the jokes that some fucking man comic or some club owner then told you. I you see. need to be more feminine. So you know, do what's fucking funny. Yeah. Don't. I mean, do you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially now I'm going to tell black women this. You got to be able to work everywhere. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I learned from SNL that Kenan Thompson, they quoted him wrong. But what he pretty much said was right. A lot of black women, when we go into these type of jobs, are not ready. Hmm. I'm glad they didn't pick me first for SNL. I wasn't ready. Mm. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to take this shit serious. It's that, I mean, if you're a female comic, the one thing that they used to say about me, you perform like a dude. Mm-hmm. You perform like a dude. Like, like, like I never wore pretty stuff on stage. Mm-hmm. I, I started off like that, you know, trying to wear the heels mm-hmm. and stuff, but I'm mm-hmm. physical. That stuff is ugly when yeah. you get sweaty and stuff. Sure. Be you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my uniform is jeans, t-shirt, yeah. hat. You, I don't want you to think about how pretty I am. I right. want you to think about how funny I am. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. When a pretty girl walks on stage, let me tell you, it takes her five minutes for anybody to pay attention to it. Because the right. first thing that she walk on the stage is the girl's going, oh, she thinks she cute. Uh-huh. She thinks she cute. Oh, wait a minute. Does my man want to fuck her? Uh-huh. And then the men are like, oh, I fuck her. I yeah. fuck her. That that, all that's going on. That yeah. sucks. It's not yeah. right. It's, oh, it's not yeah. right. Yeah. It's not right. And let me tell you about that <laughs> not right bullshit. It ain't right. Because people will sit and go, oh, it's not right. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Adjust your fucking self. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, that, that's what's going on. Right. That's what going. It, it doesn't matter if it's supposed to have sense. Mm-hmm. What's a pretty Not, comic supposed to do? What fucking work your ass off? Right. Keep fucking being funny as right. hell. Cause trust and believe, I had all that shit against me, and I put my head down. And the only thing that be funny, nobody yeah. can deny me absolutely at all. True. It don't matter what the fuck you saying about me, sir. I just ripped. Yes. Right. And t- tell me, and I'll tell you, and you got to have in your mind two women that they fucking with you. When you walk off stage, oh yeah, I still fuck the shit out of you. Uh-huh. You'll get that. Yeah, because you just, yeah, I know you'll fuck the shit out of me because I just ripped this room, bitch. Right. And you keep walking. <laughs> and you keep walking. I wouldn't fuck you with my enemies, pussy. How about that? How about that? And I hate that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we got Leslie Jones. We got to go. But um, now, for people who want to see you uh, perform, do they yes. just go to lesliejones.com and see your tour schedule? No, I, I usually, yes. I'm you a Twitter and uh, Instagram. I put them out. But I'm going to be doing my Netflix special. Oh, great. I'm Yay. taping it September the 10th yeah. in D.C. Yeah. Uh, for Netflix. And, uh, you know, I'm doing a couple of dates through through the states to, to run the hour. Oh, it's a great, great. city to tape. To 
the filming. Oh, do, you, do you have a title for it yet? It's going to be between Decades and Time Machine. Leslie Jones Decades or Leslie Jones Time Machine. Yes. And uh, by the time this airs, the sh it will already be, on, be on Netflix. There, yeah. So yes. uh, you guys take a look out for that. Thank you for, for talking Thank to us. Thank you. Thanks, you are Leslie. freaking awesome. Can I tell you how much I really admire and love you? And I really wish I had met you earlier in your career. Because I bet you, like, just I just want to be a fly on the wall of your life. I bet you it was just <laughs> so freaking instant. And I'm not saying it was easy. Yeah. That, But that's the parts I want to see is the yeah. hard part yeah. the parts where you picked yourself up and was like I'm still gonna fucking do this oh, yeah. you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying and, and I know, know there was a lot of oh, it like you that know it. and then I wanna see the nights where you party <laughs> like you went out with Bunny and just party oh yeah you know, we did just, nothing but party I know but yeah. like some of the jokes you crack I'll be like oh my god he probably had so much fucking fun <laughs> we did it was a lot of fun but you know now it's about work and, yeah. and trying to maintain it and pay mortgages yeah, and things exactly. of that nature hey. well thank you Michelle thank until you, next time looking Bye. beautiful you should see her yes. she looks like a Gorgeous. Veronica Fox Go yes <laughs> bye everybody bye, bye. bye. Can, I get an amen? can I get an amen if you can't love yourself how in the hell you gonna love somebody else can I get an amen and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes if you can't love yourself how in the hell you gonna love somebody else amen